Hello babes and welcome to Holy Babes Podcast. Today is the first ever episode so I'm super excited to share with you guys my journey and all of this and just my my testimony and who I am and just share my growth as I continue to grow closer with Christ. And not only that but fellowship with you guys and even if you guys have any new things to share with me I would really love that. The whole purpose of this podcast is not for me to just teach you guys. It's also for you guys to teach me and give me new information as well. Also, it's for me to teach others. We're all teaching each other. Iron sharpens iron. So I don't want you guys to feel like this is me just being the teacher. No, that's not what this is. We're here to fellowship. And not only will I be doing a podcast, but I'll also be going live and we'll be doing things like that. Testimonies, Bible studies, all that good stuff. This is a girl's thing, okay? Women of God all coming together. That's what we're here for. Who I am, what I'm about, what a holy babe is, and what holy babe podcast is about. And then we'll get into my testimony. And my testimony is kind of lengthy. So you guys hang in there with me. I'm going to do my best to give you guys all the juicy details and still not make you guys stay long. (laughs) So yeah, let's go ahead and get into who I am. My name is Nisha Pleasant. I am from Virginia. And I I don't know why, but when I say that, everybody is confused on how I'm from Virginia. I don't, I'm not sure if I just don't look like I'm from Virginia or what, but maybe that's it. But yes, I'm from Virginia, Keysville, Virginia, to be specific. I'm a country girl. And now, you know, I've moved to the city. I won't be specific about where I live in now, but I'm in the city now. So went from a country girl to a city girl. I also went from a hot girl to a holy babe. (laughs) Yeah, I'm 23 years old. I just got my bachelor's in psychology. So at the moment, I am job searching and I know God will lead me to the perfect job. So at this moment, I'm just really using my free time to focus solely on God and what he has for me. And since I've been doing that, he's been revealing so much to me about my purpose and just everything that he wants me to do. So I got some big shoes to fill, but the good news is they're my shoes. So I'm going to fit them perfectly. But yes. So let's go ahead and get into what a holy babe is. I know a lot of people have asked me what a holy babe is. And rightfully so. Because, you know, the babe part kind of throws people off for whatever reason. But I don't know why. Like, you can be holy and still be attractive. We're not out here seducing nobody now. We don't do that. We don't do it the way the world does it. But we are attractive. We're on. That's what makes us attractive is the fact that we're on fire for Christ. So a holy babe is a young woman on fire for Christ who strives to live a holy lifestyle. And when I say a holy lifestyle, I mean a holy lifestyle. I don't mean a lukewarm holy lifestyle. I mean wholeheartedly a woman who seeks God in everything that she does and wants to be holy and upright and righteous. To be holy just means that you are set apart for honorable use. You are not being led astray. You're not being disobedient to God. You are trying your hardest to be on the straight and narrow and be usable by the Holy One, which is Christ. So you're trying your hardest to be holy so that he can use you for his glory. And that's really why we're here. We all have a purpose and that our purpose lines up with being with being holy and being able to be used by the Holy One. So our all of our purpose, we are all designed to be holy. But, you know, sin happened and 
things fell apart, but we are all here for his glory. That is why we're here. We're not here for any other thing. We're not here to live our best lives. And that is what the the hot girl notion is. We're not here for that. If we continue with that mindset, we will live our best lives and then end up in hell. And I don't, it's really not worth it. It's really not. So, but yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to get deep into all that. We'll um, go ahead and read one verse, no, two verses, sorry. Two verses that I added. It's First Peter chapter 1, verses 15 through 16. And this is New King James Version. This will be the version that I use probably all throughout the podcast. So if you guys want to follow along, just so you guys know, that's the Bible that I like to use. And it says, But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Because it is written, be holy or I am holy. So obviously Christ is holy. Everything he has done that we can read throughout the Bible is holy. He's washing people's feet. He's healing people. He's giving people grace. He's compassionate. He's loving. All those things, Those that's the lifestyle that we have to live. We have to follow ourselves behind cross. We have to model ourselves behind Christ. He is the blueprint, guys. He is the goat, okay? He is the blueprint. This is the man that we need to model ourselves behind. And he will give us instructions if we're unsure, if we're doing this right. He will create in you a clean heart for you to be able to be pure and be holy. So the Holy Spirit can live inside of you, instruct you the way that you should go. So yeah, let's go ahead and get into... My testimony, because I really could go on and and on and on, because I'm super excited about everything that I've learned. So I'm just, and the Holy Spirit is just really on me right now, which is why I keep going on and on and on. So let me go ahead and get into my testimony. I grew up in a very toxic household, um, primarily because my father was very abusive. He was abusive to my mother. And my autistic younger sister. So just being in that situation, he was uh, alcoholic and um, he would do drugs from time to time. Just being in that situation caused a whole lot of trauma for me when I was younger. Um, It just caused me to be very anxious, very scared and timid. Um, And then from that, I ended up developing a really... um, a social anxiety disorder, a really bad social anxiety disorder. And then um, some other things, you know, came about later on. But I ended up developing that. So it was, the abuse was so bad to the point where it was not only physically, but it was also verbally towards, it was verbally towards me and everyone else in the house, but physically towards my sister and my mother. So um, it was just, was a really hard time my mom ended up leaving but that she didn't leave until my mom ended up having a miscarriage and that miscarriage was due to uh, my father being abusive to her and I was six years old when that happened Um, it's actually something that I remember that night was really hard it was very emotional Um, I remember my mom going to hospital and my dad leaving 
my mom on the floor and all of us kids were there. Um, and my mom was just, she was just laying there and she called my grandmother, which is her mom, to come get her. And um, my grandmother drove her to the hospital and my dad left my mom there and drove with his mom. So that was really hard knowing that I had a sibling that passed away because of my dad. Uh, my mom just said that she had fell and um, there was really, my dad didn't go to jail or anything like that. My mom was actually really scared of my dad. And um, that was just a really hard time. My mom stayed away from pretty much the whole family during that time. So nobody really knew that my mom was being abused. Was She was in an abusive and a toxic relationship. Um, only people that really knew was my grandmother. And that was pretty much it. Uh, my mom was just constantly being abused. Um, my mom, when she left, my dad was not happy about that obviously um he's very narcissistic and when she left she started dating and he'd get jealous about the abuse and he I mean he'd get jealous about her dating someone new and he would just you know take it out on us kids he'd be upset about it he'd cuss to us about it he talked badly about my mom and um, he'd really take out most of his anger out on me because I look the most like my mom. And he'd just say, oh, you're going to end up just like your mom. You talk just like your mom and just basically say, you know, that I'm just going to be, you know, some provocative words that I'm not going to say. Um, he was just really, it was just really hard growing up with, with a, a father like that. And I just remember my mom just trying to date, trying to find a good male role model for us. And I remember some days she would be praying and she'd be crying and she'd just be praying out loud and praying for God to send her her, her spouse, send her son, a good man for her to be able to raise her kids with. And I remember being so angry at God during that time. And just being so mad that he even allowed all this to go on. That he even allowed for my dad to abuse her. That he even allowed for my brother to pass away. And just why he even allowed these things to happen to me. I, I started to get angry. And I, I didn't understand why my mom was still praying to him. At this point, I'm maybe nine years old. And I'm, I'm very aware of God and all these things. And I'm going to church and I'm, you know, my mom's dragging me to church and I'm, you know, like kids do, just standing around looking. I don't know what's going on, but I was angry with him. And I remember feeling like, if you're real, why is this happening? And um, then I remember I would have, I would pray for I, I ended up getting to the point where I was like, okay, God, I'm not sure if you're real or not. But if you can hear me, please send me a better dad. Or fix the one that I have. Something, please. And um, I just remember praying that prayer. Just please just help us. My dad was getting worse. I had an on and off relationship with him. I tried, you know, as I got into the teens to have a relationship with him and it was on and off it was very rocky 
um, just from him threatening to put his hands on me and his, his family shunning me and having favorites, I just felt so low. My self-esteem was really low because at that time I had a lot of acne. I had a lot of acne spots. And I just remember my dad just saying, you know, what's all that S-H-I-T on your face? And just really talking bad about my face and how I looked and my weight and just so much that was going on during that time. And this is me when I was in high school, guys. And I just really struggled. Like, I had a really hard time just coming with terms that that is the the father that God gave me. And I didn't understand why he would do that. Especially with me having a praying mother who loved him. It didn't make sense to me. And I was so angry with him. And... I, it got to a point where I was in high school and I started dating and I was in high school and I started dating and the guys that I would date were actually many versions of my father. The first guy that I dated, he was narcissistic. He was very full of himself. Um, and this isn't to bash him, but this is just the type of spirit that took over him not to say it was him but that's just just what he was dealing with at the time we were in high school so you know being that we're young you know we're easily influenced by other people um I was a cheerleader I was trying my hardest to push past the anxiety disorder that I ended up developing I was still quiet and still still timid and still feeling like I couldn't I couldn't figure out who I was because I struggled so badly with my anxiety I tried to do things that made me feel like you know like I was becoming someone like I was you know that it made me feel like I was someone and those things was were cheerleading and pageants and I even started doing my makeup it was a lie. I was I was trying to find myself in in men and uh, makeup and all all types of things, and that was my first boyfriend. And uh, my mom had tried to raise me to the point where you know you save yourself with, for marriage and you know you do all those things. And I knew that was right, and I tried to do that. Uh, that didn't end up happening. I'm not gonna you know go into detail about that whole thing, but. I was unable to do that, and that even that made me feel bad. Um, and that was my senior year when that happened. The end of the senior year, to be specific. Um, that relationship ended that summer, and I fell into a really bad depression. It was really bad. Uh, that breakup caused me to go through a season of where... I lost a lot of weight. I'd already struggled with my weight anyway, but that breakup caused me to be really small. I was, let me see, I went from being 115 pounds to 103 pounds um, just over that summer. That was just a little bit of time. Well, it's super, I was already small anyway and always already struggled with, um, my my eating because of the anxiety but after that breakup I lost even more weight 
So that was really hard. My parents, my, well, my mom, my mom ended up, um, actually during, during that time, my mom ended up getting married and I finally was feeling like, okay, God does hear me and he is real because my mom found a man of God. And as um, I was getting closer with the man that my mom married, my stepfather, I started learning more and more about God. And I started learning why he allows certain things to happen. He allows it because we have free will. He allows us to make decisions. It doesn't mean he agrees with them. And that was a tough thing to learn. To learn that my my mom had... um, made mistakes and then that was her paying for it. It was hard to learn that because of her choices that we all had to suffer and in a way it made me upset with her and I still was a little confused and um I and I didn't take a break to heal from that breakup that I had. I actually took maybe almost a year and then I went into my next relationship. Um, that next relationship was my second relationship. And I only had two boyfriends. So um, that was my second relationship. And that lasted three years. This relationship was where I really got super close with Christ. This is where I had my breakthrough. So... I met him when I was 19. He was 21. He was 21. He's a little older than me. Um, He was narcissistic as well. And it just all together was um, just an unequally yoked situation, I would say. Um, he, He, well, he was lukewarm. He believed in God. He was lukewarm. And like I said, during that time, I was coming closer to Christ and I wanted to be more Christ-like, but I couldn't come all the way over because he was lukewarm and I didn't want to stray too far away from him. So I, I didn't pick a side. I just played both. And that is incredibly lukewarm. My parents, were my parents, meaning my stepdad and my mother, or trying to tell me what was right, trying to tell me, you know, don't stay over at his house all the time, you know. You shouldn't be living with someone who, you know, you're not married to, that whole thing, which is, we'll get into that another day, but you really shouldn't. Um, <laughs> I uh, It got to the point where I was always at his house every weekend. I practically lived there. Um, it got to that point, and when we hit that point, we started being very distant from each other. It was very evident that to me that this wasn't going to last long. I was trying my hardest to get closer to Christ during this time. Still striving to have a better relationship with God. And I was praying. And I remember praying for us. Praying for that relationship. And when I prayed for that relationship... I just remember um, saying, God, 
please reveal and remove anything that is not for me. And when I prayed that prayer, everything started changing. Everything started changing. And I didn't tell him that I prayed this prayer. I just, it was between me and God. I prayed that prayer and things started going downhill. We had been together for three years. And when things started going downhill, he just had less tolerance for me. He had less patience. I wasn't getting posted. It just seemed like I was hidden to me. And I started feeling like something is up. I don't know what's going on, but something is wrong. And I still was praying. I still was striving to get closer to God. And actually, I started being celibate. I stopped coming to his house so much. And then um, pretty much I had, I had a dream. God gave me a dream. And in that dream, he had cheated on me with an ex of his. So um, I asked him about it. He denied it. Um, I didn't push any further. I left it alone. His birthday came along. I came down to come visit him. But I felt in my spirit, God telling me, don't get him a gift. And I was like, what? Why would I not get him a gift? I'm like, where did it, would that thought even come from? And I quickly realized that that was God because that was not even my voice. He said, don't even get him a gift. And it sounded so bizarre to me because I'm like, God, why would you tell me not to get him a gift? Like, that doesn't seem very nice, right? But actually, it all made sense once everything unraveled. So, ended up going to his house. I, I actually told him a lie. I told him the gift that I had for him just came late. And I just went to his house and, you know, he was, um, he was a draker, which was already a trigger for me because my father was a, was an alcoholic, like I told you guys earlier. So I was at his house and he was drinking, he was, you know, the day before his birthday. And, um, you know, we were just chilling out and we had just ate. He went to go take a shower and he got back from the shower and he started drinking heavily and um I turned on the TV and I was watching TV and then he said hey um you know come take a picture with me so I got up and I went to you know get his phone and we were taking pictures together and I tried to save it to on his snapchat and um you guys know when you save pictures to snapchat sometimes you go and you look at the gallery I made sure it was saved so I went to go look at the gallery and when I went to the photos, I saw a bunch of a bunch of pictures and videos of other women. And my heart dropped. And at that moment, I felt really numb. And I said, this is it. This is where I have a mental breakdown. Everything I've ever experienced in my life all came back to me. And I felt numb. It's like something in you breaks. And that's what it felt like. And I was really in such a bad place in that moment that I couldn't even cry. I was so distraught. 
And um, I, I, he, he tried to plead his case to me. He tried to tell me those pictures were old. He tried to tell me it wasn't what it looked like. And at this time, guys, I, um, I wasn't driving. He had picked me up and drove me to his house because I wasn't driving. My anxiety was that bad to where I couldn't drive. Um, I haven't, I haven't drove at all. Like I hadn't drove at all. And it was something that I was still struggling with, learning how to drive. So at that point, I was stuck at his house. He was pleading his case to me. He was he came outside, you know, and he, he was throwing a fit. He didn't want me to leave. So he was saying that he wanted to marry me. He was saving up for a ring. And I, everything he was saying, I couldn't even fully register everything he was saying. I was so entirely tired and numb. And so sick of men at that point that it didn't even matter what he was saying. The trauma from my dad, the trauma from my, my first relationship, and then this one. I hated men at that point. And I was so angry. It's But I was so angry that I was numb. And I, I had no 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 feeling. Like, I, I mean, I was angry, but at the same time, it was like, this type of anger to where you're incredibly calm, if you know what I mean. And he just continued telling me what was going on, telling me that it wasn't what it looked like. And um, I called his sister because things were, he just kept talking to me. And I just, I couldn't, at that point, I didn't even want to look at him. I called his sister. She came. And I told her what happened. And when I told her what happened, I mean, she was completely understanding. Uh, we were always close, so it was just a unfortunate situation. So she, you know, took care of him because, like I told y'all, he was drunk, and I couldn't, I couldn't even function. My anxiety had taken over my entire entire body, entire body, and I was having a panic attack. So at that time. I just sat there while she was in there with him. And I I really couldn't think of what to do. She she was about to go to work, so she couldn't take me back home. So I had to stay the night there. And I remember sending all the pictures to myself. So when he woke up, I'd still have them. And he wouldn't try to delete them out this, his phone and try to tell me it wasn't what it, it looked like. So I sent myself all those pictures out his phone. And I tried to make out all the girls in the pictures. And what was bad was that all the girls in the pictures, well, most of the girls in the pictures were people that I knew. And I just remember feeling so sick to my stomach. People that had seen, people who were friends with me on Facebook, people that knew that he was with me. And I just remember feeling so low. And, and then it got to the point where I was comparing my body to theirs. I was like, am I just not? what he wanted is is he just not into small girls or is he just not into you know the type of shape that I have I'm like it just doesn't make sense we were together three years and I just was just sitting there so upset but still not crying and I really felt like in that moment I wasn't going to be okay again I really felt like in that moment I was done and I was tired and I was at my lowest place and there was no coming back from that. I really felt like 
I was done with men and I wasn't going to try to do this again because after you've you've had a, a terrible father and then you you have toxic relationships even though it was only two you just are fed up you just got tired of dealing with toxicity so the next day he ended up taking me home well he took me to my grandmother's house sorry he took me to my grandmother's house and um because like i told y'all um i live in in the city he was from the country back where I, i'm i'm from so he dropped me off at my grandmother's house who lives in the country as well and um he, she wasn't far from his house he just dropped me off there and we didn't speak like that i just got my stuff and he just dropped me off there he sped off and that was it that was it and um my parents would come and get me later but i remember for months it was months the months felt like years and i remember being so mad with god again so mad with god about why would you let me stay with that man three years then give me a dream and then after i've already you know give me that dream after i've already been with him for three years i was confused about that part and then he said i want you to be still and think and i was like what he said be still and think and i sat there for a long time and i thought about my mom's situation how she had made certain choices with you know being with the man who has always been toxic with her for years and then ended up losing a baby because of it god gives us free will and i thought about it and i said he gave me signs i knew he wasn't good for me and i knew we weren't compatible and i still continued that relationship because it's what i wanted it wasn't what he had for me but it was what i wanted and in that moment i just i just started crying and i i hadn't cried in months you guys since it happened i hadn't cried in months but i felt i felt the holy spirit come over me and i cried 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 and i said god i'm sorry i said please help me i said if you if you don't help me i don't know i don't know what's what i'm going to do i don't know how i'm going to be able to get back up i don't know if i'm going to be able to get this this hate out my heart that i have and it was just at the room just was filled with the holy spirit and i just started praising god and i started crying and i felt this warmness come over me that i hadn't felt before and it felt like someone was hugging me and i knew it was jesus and it made me cry even harder and cry even harder and i just kept saying i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry and after i was done i wiped my tears and i got up and i heard him say you're ready and at that moment i didn't know what he was saying sorry guys i'm crying 
because his his love is just so overwhelming. And I still can't believe the things that he brought me out of. But yes, like he just said, you're ready. And I didn't know then what I was ready for. But now I do. He said, you're ready. I think he meant I was ready to come to him and start living for him. That I was ready to start living righteously and get away from my old ways so that he could heal me. That I was ready to welcome him into my life. That I was ready to give up myself and ready to come to him wholeheartedly. And I wasn't ready before. I was so full of what I wanted for myself that I didn't stop to think what God wanted for me. And um, during that time, I had had a business and I closed it down. I said, no, God needs all my attention. Nothing will come before him. I don't want no man before him. I don't need no, I don't want any friends that he hasn't given to me. Everything has to go. And that's exactly what I did. I removed anything and everything that would stop me from pursuing the life that God has for me. And it was really lonely. I'm going to be honest. It was hard. It was lonely because I, my younger self had become so used to always having someone, having a toxic person with me, whether it be my dad or a man. I was used to constantly having someone even if they were toxic beside me and I had to stop and I had to be by myself and that was scary for me at first but then I had to realize I wasn't really by myself God was right beside me he walked with me and he talked with me and I was finally in a phase in my life where I could hear him I could hear him and I could feel him and I knew for the first time for myself that he was real because I sat in that floor and I cried my eyes out. Nobody else was there. I had not one friend that called and texted me and checked on me. I had people making excuses for the whole situation. Nobody was there for me other than my 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 stepdad and my mother and and Jesus. But Jesus at that moment was the only one that was was holding me that was physically th- there when I needed someone the most. The only person that I actually cried to because I held all that in. I cried for hours and I will always remember that moment because I literally had a breakdown. I was crying for hours to the point where I was shaking and my eyes were completely red. So my whole point is. God has so much in store for you, but sometimes you get in the way, you get in God's way, and all he's asking for you to do is move out his way and let him in. Move out his way and let him in. And I know sometimes that can be hard because in your whole life, you couldn't trust anyone because that's where I was at. I felt like I couldn't trust anyone. But you can trust him. He created you. He loves you. And he's always there. Even when you think nobody is there, he is there. 
he is there to catch you when you fall, even when you spit in his face, even when you when you sit there and you betray him and you sin against him and you you do all these things that he doesn't approve of. He is still there to pick you up. Even after all the disrespect, he's still there. And then, and that day I just kept saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And then that's when he came and he wrapped his arms around me and he hugged me. And I never felt so much love at one time. It it's, doesn't feel like your mom hugging you guys. I knew it was him. I got incredibly hot to the point where I was sweating. It was just such an amazing experience. And it's not one it's not one that I'll ever take lightly. It's not one that I'll ever forget. I will always remember that moment how I was at my lowest and he met me there in that floor. And I felt like I couldn't come back. And he stayed with me and hugged me. And then told me that I was ready to be his. That I was fully ready to be his. I've always been his. I just didn't know it yet. I was always called. It's been prophesied over me my whole life to be a minister. And every time I heard it, I was just like, there's no way. There's no way I'm going to be a minister. I can't even talk to people. My social anxiety is terrible. My weight is up and down. I'm just going to like, it just was a, a point in my life where I was just like, there's no way. And I'm not even the closest to God that I should be. That's how I felt in that moment. A God could change you and God will hold your hand and he will be there for you no matter what. So that's pretty much all of my testimony. And I'm, I'm so glad to have been able to tell my whole testimony from start to finish and just be able to to help someone who needs to hear this. And I hope you guys actually um, listen to this whole thing. And I hope you guys took something out of it. And I hope everyone was able to find themselves in my story. Or at least be able to send this to someone who you feel needs this. Because I honestly, I honestly feel like so many people need to hear this story. And there's, there's a lot of people who don't even know that this is something that I was faced with because I played it off so good. And I played it off like I was just, you know, this perfect girl and I wasn't. I struggled so much and nobody knew. And I made sure nobody knew because I didn't want anybody to know all the things that I struggled with. And I felt like they would look at me differently and I felt like. I, I just felt like I would be closed off from anyone, everyone else. and But I didn't know the whole time that God's plan was always to set me apart from everyone else. And that's why I never fit in. And that's why I, I was, I you know, bullied at a young age. That's why. And the devil was trying to take my voice from me because he knew that I would be a voice for God. And I didn't realize that until actually... A couple recently, a couple months ago, when God revealed that to me, 
the devil was trying to shut my mouth. And it's because he didn't want me to tell my testimony. He did not want this to get out, guys. He did not want for me to tell what I've been through at all. He did not want for me to tell you guys how great God's love is and how you need to take heed to his warnings before it's too late. He didn't want me to tell you guys that our free will sometimes causes us to stumble and fall. But God is right there to pick us right back up. It is not always the devil, guys. He, he'll slide in there if you leave the door open. But you have to open the door for him to get in there. And that's exactly what I did. I kept opening the door for him to come in and try to destroy my life. But with the grace of God, that door is, is shut. And he can't come up in here no more. That door is locked. And the only person that got a key to that door is Jesus Christ. Ain't no spare keys. I, I, when I started putting God first, he came through for me. I started seeing things changing inside of me. I started changing into a whole different person, which is crazy. It, it felt like it happened overnight. The things that I used to desire is not anything that I want anymore. And then I also ended up getting baptized again. It was just so much that I went through and changed. And it, it wasn't that God made me change. I wanted to change for God. And that's the part that people miss. They think that people change for God. Like, like they think that people don't change for God. They think that people change because God made them do it. And that's not, that's not it at all. It's actually the total opposite. His love changes you. And that's what people don't get. It's like all the people that you see who completely changed their life around, those people changed their life around because of their love for God. God's love gives you, God's love gives you strength to do so much. I never thought I'd be here. Never thought I'd be trying to share the gospel with anybody. If you had told me this when I was 10, I would have laughed in your face. God works miracles. You guys have just heard one. Don't ignore this. Take this to whoever, your friends, your family, whoever. And just really just let all of this soak in. And um, I could tell you guys, you know, what's going on in my life right now. I'll save that for another day because I've been on here for 44 minutes now. So I hope you guys have a blessed day. Thank you guys so much for listening and tuning into my podcast. But I'm sure you guys can hear my emotions in this podcast. And actually, you know, that's exactly how God wanted it. So it came out exactly the way that he wanted it to be. So, so excited to be used in such a, a big way as this for all for his glory. I'll just see you guys next time. Thank you so much for stopping by and tuning in. Just remember, God loves you and I love you too. See ya.